In his brilliant play, Jeff Stenson talks about the dichotomy between the two biggest figures of the civil rights movement. The play is called The Meeting. The details of fictional meeting between Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. In this meeting, they talk about the whole host and gamut of life and the times that they were going through during the civil rights struggle. Their two philosophies are diametrically opposed to one another. And eerily enough, in the end, Malcolm asked Dr. King in the play, do you believe that we could have been friends, doctor? And Martin Luther King takes a pause, quizzically states, I suppose if we only had time, if we only had time. We ourselves, as members of the diaspora, are constantly fighting against the time that has been created on this earth that we're living in. We're constantly fighting against the white supremacist agents that are deeply embedded in the fine fibers of our consciousness, through forms of ageism, colorism, sexism. It tends to be a battle that's internally going on that has been coined since about the end of the 19th century as the souls of black folks. We saw it through Baldwin and Richard Wright as they talked about the Native Son book and whether or not protest literature was appropriate. We saw it recently through Cornell West and Dr. Michael Eric Dyson over their skirmishes between what was the office of the executive supposed to do when it finally had a black man in office. And as we get ready to go ahead and delve into the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the first ever movie that stars a black character, the Black Panther, once again, we are posed with the battle over the soul of black folks. And the battle between T'Challa, the Black Panther, and Eric Killmonger, who also feels that he should be wearing the mantle of the Black Panther. My name is Benjamin Owakari Unanawo, and this is another episode from the Stay Woke podcast brought to you by thesonicbreakdown.com. And as the editor and content curator, I'm bringing to you another episode in our Woke Condon Report. And today's episode is going to break down the villain of this movie, Eric Killmonger, that's going to be played by Michael B. Jordan. Now, when I first saw that Michael B. Jordan was going to be on the uh, be a part of the movie, I was a bit surprised. I didn't know which character he was possibly going to do, and I also thought that they might just be doing Ulysses S. Claus, the major villain, which we saw that through the initial trailer uh, as he's sitting next across from uh, inside of a chair where he happens to be handcuffed, and we can still see the missing arm for when Ultron had ripped it off in the previous movies, but. I was surprised to know that Michael B. Jordan would be a part of the cast and wonder which character he'd be playing. And so when I found out that he was going to be playing Eric Killmonger, I was really interested and excited by this. Um, Eric Killmonger is going to be one of the villains, so to speak, uh, inside of this movie. And he's a very interesting character, to say the least. 
Um, he is a Wakandan citizen that, like T'Challa, also was reared in the United States of America, however, for totally different purposes. His original name is N'Jaka, and N'Jaka, unfortunately, found himself on the wrong side of a decision that his father had made. So N'Jaka's father was approached by Ulysses S. Claw, and the reports go differently with inside of the origin story of the comic, but he was probably forced against his will to go ahead and battle on behalf of Ulysses S. Claw and to try to go ahead and dispose the then king T'Chaka. So in this retcon story, unlike what we've seen in the MCU where T'Chaka was murdered at the UN conference, T'Chaka is murdered by Ulysses S. Claw and then Claw is defeated by a young T'Challa and N'Jaka died, N'Jaka's father dies in the process. As a result, N'Jaka and his family are exiled from Wakanda. Now, let's think about this for a moment. As what we talked about in our initial episode, Wakanda is a utopia for black folks. This is an isolationist African nation that is the richest nation in all of the world, technologically advanced. So I'm a Nigerian. And if you happen to be a West African uh, any person part of the diaspora that's not African-American, probably at one time or another when your parents were frustrated with you, they went ahead and let you know, you know what? I didn't come to this country and struggle for you to go ahead and be a knucklehead. I will send you back to Nigeria. I'll send you back to Ghana. I will send you back to Jamaica, whatever it may be. They basically told you they were going to pack you up and send you back there because that was going to be your punishment because you did not appreciate all of the opportunities that were afforded to you from your parents and from being in this great free nation that they struggled and strived to get to. So let's flip that on its ear here. That means if you're living in Wakanda and you're living in the lap of luxury of nations to live in, do you know how horrifying it would be to grow up in that environment and then be exiled under no choice of your own to America? So that's what Njaka was facing. So, I mean, it's a really harsh reality, which you can see through that since it was T'Challa or T'Challa's uncle that had made that decree. Now you have the impetus for hatred. Now you have the resentment that is bred over time that creates those great villains that we think of. The being slighted, having an opportunity where something that was yours, a birthright of sorts, being born in Wakanda, taken and stripped from you. And that's what we have with the character in Jaka that then will become Eric Killmonger. So just how did Njaka become Killmonger? Well, he went to America and, I mean, you know, like most Africans do, he went ahead and got his study on. So he's a graduate of MIT. I believe with a master's in engineering, and also I think he has a few other degrees. Uh, he studied science, and uh, he trained heavily in the martial arts. So as you can see, uh, it probably was a good job in casting Michael B. Jordan, because after the Creed movie, brothers put on all kinds of weight. I mean, we remember he used to be Wallace from The Wire, like one of the worst deaths ever. Once again, I'm not even going to say spoiler alert, because if yo ass has not watched the wire yet shame on you sir ma'am like that's just ridiculous i mean 
come on now. We're in 2017. I mean, the show's ended years ago. So if you haven't watched The Wire, if you didn't know that Michael B. Jordan was in The Wire, go and watch The Wire. He's in there, did a great job, fantastic show. So he trained heavily, did Njaka, and is basically at the peak physical conditioning almost like Olympic athlete levels, you know, UFC fighter. Like he's like John Jones out here minus getting caught on Coke. So while training, he nursed a great deal of hatred for not only Ulysses claw and all supervillains, but also particularly for T'Challa and the Royal family because of his father's death and the exile. So during this time, that's when he then went to the name of Killmonger. So eventually inside of the comics, um, as T'Challa is coming back to the United States, trying to go ahead and advance Wakanda and also just, you know, kind of figure some things out while he's traveling away from Wakanda, he ends up meeting Killmonger, who definitely puts on the charm, starts talking to him, tells the sad luck story about this is what happened to my father. I was ousted from the country in exile. You know, all I want to do is come back. And as we talked about in the previous episode, Wakanda is all about building its people. So if you're telling me we got an expat that is out here in the United States of America, that has a degree from MIT, you know, why wouldn't you want to go ahead and bring that back to your own country, allowing them to languish instead in the United States of America and possibly be used against you for scientific reasons, patents, and all of these things. So T'Challa did the wise thing, at least he thought, and he brought Killamonger back. So Killmonger uh, comes back, but unfortunately, T'Challa's still out here avenging it up, chilling, hanging out in Hell's Kitchen with the um, daredevil, just, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. Basically, remember, T'Challa is a king. He's a monarch. So, and he's pretty much the only African monarch that's going to exist. So as a result, he's out here basically being treated like Prince William. So it's a big star-studded event wherever he goes. But unfortunately, he wasn't watching the cookie jar. And Killmonger, he had his hand all up in that cookie jar. And by that, I mean he went back into the villages. Just like any society, there are always going to be the elites, and there are always going to be those that are below the elites. And why, if you're an African-American, you definitely would rather go ahead and have an opportunity to be among the 99% in Wakanda than being a part of the 99% in America. Still, think of that dichotomy. Can you imagine seeing all of this wealth, all of this prosperity, and be on the lower rung of the richest nation in all of the world. It's just natural human nature, as Martin Luther King talked about, it's that drum major instinct to be first, to be in front of the band. Uh, but as we all know, if everyone's trying to go ahead and lead, then who's left to follow? And that is where Killmonger comes in. He starts going around to some of the lower level villages, and he starts preaching the gospel. He starts talking about disparities in income. He starts actually bringing in a very populist movement. You could say he's pretty much a black, extremely intelligent, and uh, a lot more athletic version, I guess, of Bernie Sanders. He's out here talking that stuff, telling the people why is, you know, the royal family of Wakandans and the Panther cult making all of this money, making all of the decisions they've forgotten about you. 
So he does that in a village where he is praised so high that they end up renaming the village in his honor, and it becomes Njaka Village. So his goal is to basically drum up the fear of white colonial power, the fear of white supremacy, that it seems that the integration and the opening of Wakanda's borders under T'Challa and what was beginning under the uh, start of his the late father, King T'Chaka, that's what it seems to be Njaka Killmonger is going after. So he goes after this and he gathers up a bunch of support. And with that support, he creates a coup. And as we can see from looking at the trailer, inside of the trailer, you see that Njaka is squaring off against some of the Dora Milaje, the Queen's Guard, if you will, that are there to basically protect the royal family and protect King T'Challa. But then as we look in later parts of the trailer, we see one of the key members of the royal guard, the head of security, happened to be standing next to Killmonger, as if there's no issue at all. So why is that? Well, one of the reasons it could be is Killmonger might actually be the Black Panther. The Black Panther, as we talked about prior, is a mantle. It does not mean that it has to be T'Challa. So in previous comics, Killmonger actually defeats T'Challa in an open combat, then taking over the mantle of the Black Panther. And it's really hilarious. If you can go back through a Google search, you should be able to go ahead and find some of these things where at one point, Killmonger is actually an Avenger. Like, he becomes an Avenger, like, legally. Like, you know, just imagine the villain showing up, you know, over here to Avengers Mansion. And you got Iron Man, you got Thor and them looking like, whoa, 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 what you doing here, player? And he's all like, oh, hold on now. I'm the Black Panther. Like, he's over here, probably got, you know, the manual right next to him. He's going through the bylaws like, look, you said the Black Panther is supposed to be in the Avengers. It don't say nothing about no T'Challa. So what's up? We, we fighting Dr. Doom? Is Magneto tripping again? Like, what we supposed to do? And so it's very interesting um, when you bring that into uh, a thought of, well, wait a minute. Is Killmonger going to end up being the Black Panther? As we can see then in later scenes, you have at one moment to where you see him don what looks like the tribal and ceremonial um, fighting suit of being the Black Panther, and he's squaring off against T'Chaka and he's or against T'Challa, sorry, and he's also squaring off against the Dora Milaje. Well, one thing that could have happened: not only could he have defeated him possibly in combat, but maybe there's an archaic rule that he finds about if the Black Panther isn't around, uh, you know maybe Wakanda goes over some form of like martial law and maybe he defeats whatever person that's there. Like it's almost like the WWE where all of a sudden, Oh, you know, John Cena's gotten hurt. He can no longer defend the title. So they decide to go ahead and have some interim tournament, a Royal rumble match. And maybe he's the person that ends up winning it. So it'd be very interesting to figure out how, uh, he basically gets a suit and whether or not he actually becomes a King, because there is a scene also to where, Michael B. Jordan's character goes ahead and says that he's going to go ahead and burn it all down. And it looks like he's walking through what happens to be some type of um, room that might be an ancient room where all of the 
past artifacts and stuff are kept at. But I don't know if that's the case because in another scene that is in the trailer, you can see him looking at what looks like a bunch of artifacts inside of a museum. It seems to be as if he's a lover of fine art, which would make sense because it seems as if his character is a traditionalist. And by traditionalist, um, we can see it with the artwork, which in a later scene, it looks like he's getting ready to break Ulysses' claw out of his prison, and he's donning a ceremonial mask, um, which you can see in the background of the scene where he is standing in front of the artwork. And one of the key things to realize that he happens to be a traditionalist is you can see the scarification that's on his body. Um, there are East African tribes, uh, as well as West African tribes that are very big into scarification. Uh, it's something that is looked down upon and tends to be in the modern sense of things, even for modern Africans, something that tends to be seen as outdated and, uh, a, on the bad end of the spectrum of tribalism. But I'm interested to know whether or not that scarification is also where his suit uh, is hiding and how that suit tends to go ahead and come out. So maybe it's something from a synthetic form that's inside of him. And, and that's very interesting uh, to think. If it is, that is a brilliant piece of engineering and makes sense why he happens to be a person that has an MIT degree. So when you're talking about, though, his traditionalism, you have to go ahead and juxtapose it against T'Challa, who seems to be a lot more pragmatic. And that's where the question then lies that I want to ask is, is Eric Killmonger in Jaka, is he really the villain in this movie? And I have to say, I don't believe that he is a villain in the movie. I feel it's almost on the spectrum of your... I wouldn't want to say blackness, but it's almost on the spectrum of are you a separatist or are you a person that believes that in order for us to advance as a race, then we need to go ahead and integrate. And there's plenty of research that shows on one side of living in an isolationist type of life and then with the lifestyle of integrating the pros and cons. Uh, but in order to like really figure out whether or not he is a villain or he happens to go ahead and be a hero, it would be wise to go ahead and break down an analogy of individuals that I see T'Challa being like and I see Killmonger being like. The two individuals that I think are apropos in talking about the differences between T'Challa and Killmonger are Marcus Garvey and W. Du Bois. The obvious look would be, oh, let's go with Professor X and um, Magneto. Very true. But it stems really, if you look at it, Garvey grew up like an impoverished Jamaican community. Um, and after a little uh, schooling, he moved on and went to Latin America, uh, studied in England, uh, and then he was able to go ahead and advance his Pan-African movement. Um, he was always on the forefront of trying to go ahead and build up his own people. And if you look at Killmonger, you see some of the same similarities with the fact that he was exiled from Wakanda. 
just like Garvey, didn't grow up in abject poverty or anything like that, but did not live the same lifestyle that a T'Challa sans a Du Bois lived. Du Bois, very privileged background, basically a part of the black elite of the time, of course, expounding his talented 10th type of strategy. I mean, Du Bois would just be salivating to be able to go ahead and do what T'Chaka did by having the best of Wakanda be sent off to the best universities across the world and then come back to go ahead and be within the country. That's what he was attempting to try to do with his talented 10th type of philosophy. Um, but as you can see, they were totally different. Garvey and Du Bois rivals. Uh, why Du Bois respected Garvey for his intelligence, although at times uh, there was a lot of uh, backhanded comp comments uh, based on his appearance and with him being as intelligent as he was, he did not believe in Garvey's rhetoric and felt that he was doing a disservice to folks of the diaspora, black folks of the diaspora, by having them not integrate. He felt that integration was still necessary in order to go ahead and advance the cause of African-Americans. While Garvey, on the other hand, had a Back to Africa movement, he had the UNIA, um, he attracted the working class. He was really the person that was on the forefront and the cutting edge that then led to folks like Elijah Muhammad and the creation of the black militant groups that would move on uh, later through the 20th century. So you can see those parallels that exist between Du Bois and Garvey if you also take a look at Killmonger and at T'Challa. T'Challa is out here trying to go ahead and join the Avengers. He is bringing in Steve Rogers into a country whose borders have been closed for forever, is putting his people somewhat at danger by having Bucky Barnes there and now bringing S.H.I.E.L.D. into the fold to figure out what's going on. I mean, at one point, Wakanda was literally just a blimp on the Marvel Universe map that we saw in the background of the original Captain America movie. Now, the U.S. has put their sights and scopes, and S.H.I.E.L.D. has put their sights and scopes solely on what's going on in Wakanda. And in a way, the people have T'Challa to go ahead and thank for that. And I mean that in a bad way. So when looking at the question, I would have to say that if you think Eric Killmonger is the villain, um, it depends on how uncomfortably black you are. Uh, if we look at it, we're looking at tradition versus pragmatism. And we're going to break down the tradition. As you can see, Killmonger seeks to rid Wakanda of any forms of colonialism. Um, having a fugitive like Bucky Barnes in Wakanda is a great threat to the people at large. And it's just bad. While on the flip side, you have T'Challa, who's trying to be pragmatic, who is trying to go ahead and possibly bring some of the scientific advancements and weaponry out into the world to go ahead and help fight against crime. But at the same time, while he's trying to go ahead and play superhero, he is leaving his people open to attack. So when we look at it, it's very interesting when you break down what a villain is in comparison to a hero. You know, it's often been said, like, one person's hero is another person's freedom fighter. Uh, went online 
And I found some information that I thought was very interesting where it talks about the mirror. Um, and it breaks down the gray area that exists between the definition of a villain. And it says, a good villain holds up a mirror to the hero, but they are not themselves the reflection. Invent your villain as a reflection of your hero and end up with a clearly created character devoid of their own drives and traits. Additionally, a two-dimensional villain simply believes in the opposite philosophy to the hero, freedom fighter versus fascist dictator. But a great villain seems like they have a point. The key to pulling off a mirroring villain is to understand that they can oppose the hero either in philosophy or practicality. And that's why I am so excited that typically in a lot of these movies, we have seen villains, whether it be the Red Skull, whether it be Loki, um, the awesome villain that Marshal Ali played in the TV series on Netflix of Luke Cage as Cottonmouth. Great, great villain. But even then, we figured out that he was a sidekick villain. My fear would be that this is the same thing, but I just have a feeling from the previews that Claw himself will be getting played by Killmonger. I think Killmonger will probably end up killing Claw. He is using Claw as a means of a smokescreen to go ahead and keep T'Challa preoccupied while then Killmonger creates the coup that is needed, and in my opinion, possibly necessary, to go ahead and usurp the mantle of becoming the Black Panther. It's interesting because we really are just now getting used to the fact that we're actually going to have a Black superhero. I mean, he's not going to be uh, Tony Stark's Aaron boy. Yeah, you heard me. Aaron boy. Like, I was so disgusted when I saw Rhodey, the character that's played, you know, that happens to go ahead and be War Machine inside of the Iron Man films. He is the ultimate sidekick. I have not seen a black sidekick that so ever loves his white counterpart as much as I believe the brother's name was Trevette was the character's name in Walker, Texas Ranger. And yes, I did watch Walker, Texas Ranger. I mean, you know, back then we ain't had no Netflix. Um, choices were limited too if you didn't have cable. CBS was popping, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, it was cool seeing Chuck Norris and them tight ass Wranglers going ahead and hitting people with roundhouse kicks and stuff. And while he was doing all the cool stuff, Trevette was over here like getting whooped, had to throw a slow ass one two that would barely connect. But I say it to say he was an awful sidekick, and that's what we've gotten. I mean, the Falcon's kind of cool, but the Falcon's over here asking for Steve Rogers' autographed and stuff. He over here talking about, uh, yes, I'm Captain America. We could go out here, and we can definitely defeat him. Like, go Captain America. Like, he's just out here just like, I mean, the shucking and jiving is just ridiculous. And it's like, I don't blame Marvel. To be honest, they've calmed it down. If you really read any of these comics, that's what's going on. To be honest, in the comics, the Falcon is a slave sleeper agent that like is being used by the villains so that's ridiculous in his own right and his costumes like red and white too and he just looking a whole fool out here but so the first time now we get an actual true hero 
in the Marvel universe that's not a sidekick since Blade. I'm not gonna like Blade, but you know, we're just talking about in the now new MCU. Because trust me, Blade, Wesley Snipes, awesome. He was his own man. Now that we get this character, it's exactly what this information is talking about when talking about heroes and villains and the mirroring effect. So if we get our final, finally a first real, you know, complex, uh, fully developed hero that is melanated, then through the mirroring effect, that means we have to go ahead and have a fully capable villain. And that's why I'm saying it has to be. I could not see any other way that Killmonger is not the true villain of the film in the terms of what we understand a villain to be. In my opinion, I do not see him as a villain at all. I see him as someone that loves his country, loves his people, and feels that there is a better way to rule and govern. It happens, you know? And let's be honest here, too. The Black Panther is a monarch. So maybe Killmonger's also talking about eventually bringing in a more democratic rule. We don't know what his intentions would be. Um, but led up to the eye of the oppressor, we would only see him as a villain. And I feel he's a lot more complex than that. So uh, I would love for people on uh, at the Sonic Breakdown on Twitter, uh, at the Stay Woke Podcast on Twitter, chime in. Like, we're going to put the questions up there. Like, do you see Killmonger as a villain or not? Give us our reasons why or why not you feel that to go ahead and be the case. Um, do you feel that T'Challa is being foolish and not really uh, sticking with the tradition of what made Wakanda a great nation, which is being an isolationist country um, and taking care of your own uh, rather than looking to go out and play hero? Because, I mean... At any moment in time, we don't even know when Bucky Barnes could go ahead and have another relapse. He could come through and end up killing other Wakandans. We don't know what is really deeply inside of his psyche. Yes, they might have the technology to go ahead and rebuild him, but damn it, this ain't the $6 million man. We, I mean, he ain't Lee Majors. We don't know. So I just find that really interesting of Killmonger. I mean, I'm just looking forward to seeing how Michael B. Jordan is going to go ahead and play him. Um, It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, You can see just from the trailers, I mean, he's in shape. He's going to be going toe-to-toe with Chadwick Boseman. Uh, It's a star-studded cast. All of the warriors that we've seen on the silver screen for the MCU whether it be Thor, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, all those things I think are a precursor to this. I think we are going to see some of the most unique fighting styles, stances, um, and battles happening in this movie. I really think that the Black Panther movie is going to set the bar and lead to spinoffs as well as just be a staple it's going to be something where you wonder who's going to play the next black panther years from now because it's constantly being rebooted just like spider-man except for hopefully it doesn't end the way that spider-man 2 and spider-man 3 did because that would just be tragic so 
you know, today we discussed whether or not Killamonger is a villain. We got a chance to go ahead and learn about his background and about how Njaka came to be. Uh, we put T'Challa a little bit to task. I mean, I love the brother and all. I mean, you know, kind of like how Falcon is. I definitely got uh, some of the rookie cards of T'Challa. I've got the opening comics. But one of the comics that I do have, which is one of the rarest, is the Jungle Action 5, which is the first time that Killmonger makes his appearance and defeats the Black Panther. So I've always been a fan of this character. I felt that he has been underutilized in the MCU. I just want to thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the Woke Condon Report. It's been a pleasure. I'm Benjamin Owakari Onanowo who is an editor and content curator for the sonicbreakdown.com. And I want to go ahead and leave you with this poem by William Ernest Henley. And I think it's apropos for the character of Killmonger. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I think whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the failed clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud, under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments to scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And for Njaka, Eric Killmonger, we will find out February 16th, 2017, if he will take on the mantle of the Black Panther and be the master of his soul. Remember, you can't stay woke if you don't be woke. This is me, signing off. <laughs>